is if you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network and creates the right opportunities. So every single day, every day, I'm constantly working on my mindset to attract cooler and cooler people who will create the opportunities for me. Justin Bream is CEO of Braepic Communications and Braepic Network and author of the number one international best-selling book, Epic Business. He's an extremely active member of Strategic Coach 10X and Abundance 360 Summit, and he has an incredible global network of visionaries and exceptional businesses. All right, welcome back. We are here today with Justin Breen. Justin, thank you for taking some time to join us on the Gravity Podcast. Yeah, your unique ability is to lovingly dream, explore, connect, innovate, and effortlessly create powerful outcomes. And the purpose of my life is to be a connecting superhero for every visionary, abundance, investment mindset, entrepreneur, and share their stories for the world. So (laughs) that's pretty collaborative. So very excited to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for those that uh, don't know, Justin and I are friends through Strategic Coach. And so that is actually um, my unique ability he just read there that I have created through that program, which has been a program we both have gotten a lot out of. You've heard me talk about on the show before. And I know it's been a big part of your work too. Yeah, I should uh, give a shout out to Abundance 360 as well, uh, both in that. And uh, it's been really collaborative with those two groups. You know, most of the folks I talk to, uh, Colby, K-O-L-B-E, it's, uh, you know, it's how your brain works. And most of the folks I talk to are seven, eight, uh, nine, ten quick starts with very low follow through. So they have to hire a million people. Uh, to follow through on what the, what they're doing, and then my brain, I'm I'm the very rare entrepreneur that has high quick start and high follow through. So I just say it, do it, and it's just very collaborative. It's very collaborative uh, with the purpose of my life, and then with your unique ability, it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, let's talk about your life. Let's start at the beginning. That's been kind of our format here. Tell me a little bit about your early days, where you're from, your family dynamics, anything that kind of jumps out from your, from your childhood? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, I think I, I think everyone has a unique story. I think mine is really unique just because, you know, I was a journalist for 20 years. So most of my days, you know, talking to people like you and, and simplifying their story. And, uh, you know, my father was, he was 61 when I was born and my mom was 27. So a 34-year difference. And, um, you know, uh, my father was a World War II hero. He'd be 105 if he was alive now. And he was shot down eight times in combat. Uh, multiple times he was in the plane without a parachute. And uh, he came from nothing, came from nothing. And uh, wound up becoming an attorney in the Nuremberg trials, uh, became the president of an insurance company. And uh, while he was fighting... In World War II, he kept a, a diary of uh, the Battle of the Hurricane Forest, fighting in the battle, which was a very, very deadly battle, <clears throat> excuse me, toward the end of World War II on the Belgian-German border. And uh, I write exactly like he does. Boom, 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 inform and entertain, no fluff, no BS, just result, result, result. And I found that diary after he died. Um, it's my most cherished possession. So, so that's my dad. And then uh, my mom was 27, so in his late 50s, a uh, drunk driver uh, hit him head on, uh, should have been killed, broke every bone in his body, survived because um, you don't make excuses. You just figure it out. And um, then my mom was his nurse. 
So my mom literally nursed me back to health. And then most of my days talking to, you know, top entrepreneurs in the world like you. That's that's most of my day. And I've never met anyone in my life ever with more hustle than my mom, ever. So I mean, she's the ultimate survive and thrive, the ultimate. So I'm just a combination of I'm just a combination of that. So mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, tell me what was it like? You know, it's interesting, you know, your parents come together, there's a big age difference, your dad's an older dad, you know, and and I'm kind of um Seeing that happen in my world now, yeah, friends right. that waited and are having kids late. But you know, um, I think uh, my my mother had children um, uh, in a second marriage in her mid thirties, and at that time, it was like uh, not real common. So, what was it like, you know, for for your dad to be um, older, significantly older? What was it like as a kid? Was do you have any? kind of memories of that or anything around, you know, the, the age difference or the, the kind of having an older parent? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, and I'm an eight fact finder. I'll try not to over fact find, but so I've really got about eight years, like from age five to 13 when he died. Um, so I got eight years and he was, I don't want to say he was retired, but he wasn't, you know, he was, he was home far more than my mom. My mom, my mom, again, endless hustle. I mean, en- endless. So very career oriented. So he he was home more than my mom. And my father pretty much every day would say the cream rises to the top, the cream rises to the top. So so because he came from nothing, cream rises to the top. So I only partner, I only partner with the cream that rises to the top or the, the people that will they'll do whatever it takes to, to get there. It's a it's a fundamental thing. And I just think from having that type of wisdom that type of wisdom uh, growing up. And and I'll say this too about strategic coach very quickly. Like Dan, Dan Sullivan, I think the reason I like him so much, he's 77 now. So I really should be 77. I mean, my dad was born in 1916. So um, like Dan's the closest person that I can really think of that really reminds me of my dad, like the closest, like universally like endless wisdom. My dad was a simplifier. Uh, no tolerance for nonsense. Like, so that's why I think I like Dan so much. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, so um, tell me a little bit about what you were like as a kid. You know, you're. It's nice. It's actually an interesting thing. You know, when you say that your dad was home a lot, you know, what a what a nice kind of byproduct of having an older dad. You know, he was around a lot. You know, tell me a little bit more about kind of you know what you were into and where your interests were and. And, um, you know, a little bit more about kind of your, your, uh, childhood upbringing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You'd be a good journalist. You know, <laughs> I've spent most of my life as a journalist and so it, constantly interviewing people. And I always talk about the only question I always ask is who your parents were, um, and what they did, because it always makes people think of where they come from. And if you know where you come from, you know where you are and then you know where you're going, but it starts with where you come from. And uh, that makes you think about that. And, you know, uh, my father was a voracious reader. I mean, oh, my God. And so I became a voracious reader. I still am. There's books all over my house. Um, You know, endlessly curious. My father's endlessly curious. I'm endlessly curious. We would read the Chicago Tribune, you know, sports section. I became a sports editor for the first part of my journalistic life. And 
just endlessly reading, endlessly trying to find out interesting facts and figures. And I've, that's never stopped. I mean, I've, <laughs> I'm basically the same person I was as a child with even more curiosity. And, and my wife with them even more childish than I was as now than I, than I was as a child. <laughs> okay. So a lot of curiosity, yeah. um, reading, you know, tell me a little bit, you know, more about kind of as you get into high school, where your interests lie, you know, what kinds of things start to pique your curiosity? Yeah. So, so my sons are nine and seven They're nine and seven. And actually, um, uh, my nine-year-old is a three, two, nine, six. So he has almost the same Colby as you do, which is very interesting. And so like, uh, that's like pioneer in Colby world. So like, I can see him being, being like you for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but so, uh, so to answer your question, the reason why I know that I spend so much time with my children is I know what it's like to not have a dad around. And so high school that was my dad died right in the middle of eighth grade year. So right before high school. So high school was not the greatest time because I was like, I was lost. I mean, I was just lost. And I think that continued in college. You know, I was in a fraternity of, you know, I still have a lot of good friends from my fraternity days, but I really never found myself until starting entrepreneur journey. Cause like, I just never really fit in with normal, I guess, quote unquote, normal society. And high school is, you know, that's the most normal thing out there in terms of like common education, cliques, all that stuff. And I just never fit in in that model. So it's been good to find my tribe in this entrepreneur world over the last four and a half years. Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. I um, My father-in-law said once that... Uh, that you're gonna be, um, you're gonna make a better adult than <laughs> right. a child, and you're gonna you're gonna be in a, you're gonna be an adult a lot longer than you're gonna be a child. So, um, you know, that's the good news. It's it is, you know, I think it's important to kind of just highlight that a little bit because I think there's a lot of um, people out there that um, are trying to fit in, are trying to be somebody they're not because of the societal expectations and the conditioning. And, and when you're not, you know, quote, normal, um, when you're not somebody who's maybe into whatever kids are into in high school, whether that be athletics or partying or whatever it is that um, you might not be fitting into, uh, it can feel really lonely. Yes. Um, and I've seen this, you know, throughout the years with my own kids at different times, different places, yep. you know, when you go to college, do you join a fraternity? Yep. Do you, you know, right? Like there's so much um, uh, kind of momentum in the conditioning of society that it can really take people with them sometimes, you know, down a path that's just really not them at all. And they might live their whole lives that way. Yep. So, you know, I'm just curious if there's anything more there to share kind of around, um, you know, that experience. Well, a hundred percent, because how my brain, how, how my brain works, I think this is because my Colby, I hear blah, 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 blah. And then immediately simplify into patterns. That's just, that's just how my brain works. And so I just see the same patterns over and over. So people like uh, you and me were us usually, but not always, aliens within our own family, aliens within our own community, and aliens within our own vertical. Nobody really understands us. 
except the top performing entrepreneurs on the planet because, you know, maybe the people I partner are, you know, maybe percentage wise one out of a thousand point one percent. But the point one percent, the people like you are the ones that create everything, create the investments that actually employ and help everyone else. So I just partner with people like you because that's that's how I help the world. But nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand people have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay, so that's one. That's one. Two, um, there's two fundamental reasons why most people, if they're if they are miserable with their lives, there's two fundamental reasons why. One, they're doing something eight to ten hours a day that they don't like to do and are not good at. So if you're doing something eight to ten hours a day every single day or five days a week that you're not good at or you don't like to do, you're going to be miserable. Okay, so that's one. Two, and this is the tragedy. This is the tragedy. Is that you actually find out what you like to do and what you're good at, and then you never do anything about it. And to me, one, that's inexcusable. Again, from where my parents came, endless hustle. I'm just a product of that. But two, that's just tragic. Like, why would you not want to do what you're really good at and what you like to do? Because then you're providing value to the world. And most people, the bottom line is most people will not, they will not take that extra step to do it. They won't do it because they're surrounded by, you know, to your point earlier, they're surrounded by other cost scarcity. They're surrounded by conformists. And people like us are the opposite of conform. I mean, we're the opposite of conformance. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, an interesting point. It's it's one of the reasons why, and and maybe you know this is going to come up a bunch just because of our mutual passion for yeah. these groups. You know, abundance and and coach. Yeah. Um, I even find it to be true, kind of in certain geography. You know, I live in mm. Columbus, Ohio. Midwest. It's a very midwestern That's Chicago, right? Yeah. And Right. And, um, you know, when I'm out in California, things feel different. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the, the air and the, and the nature. It's the, the way that people engage with each other. And, you know, look, wherever you are, there you are. I, I can certainly um, see all the, the benefits of being in the Midwest and, and, and all of the, um, you know, kind of uh, things that I've personally benefited from by living here. And I love it here. I love to raise my family here. But I do often feel when I'm in the room at Coach or I'm at Abundance 360, there's like a level setting of like, you know, mindset that kind of automatically makes you feel a little more alive, a little more yourself, a little more, I don't know, safe and and open and transparent, right? And connecting. And um, I don't know, there's something really to that, you know, this um, idea that you might not actually do the thing that you know that you love. Um, And also like spend eight to 10 hours a day. And this, I think, applies not just to your career, but, you know, to those early days too, when you're in school, when you're, you know, in college, you know, why not study the things that you're excited by? Why not do the thing that you're interested in? I mean, the, the conditioning, I think, is so strong that it has people really living their entire lives yep. um, out of integrity. And I can say, you know, I've done it too. Me too. You know, I'm still trying to find the the bottom of of what's, you know, really my fullest expression. It's it's uh, It's tough work. It's tough work and most people won't. That's my point. They won't. They won't, they won't have the courage, the power through the fear to do it. And that's why I only partner with people like you because you'll, you'll do it. You'll, you, you will do it. Like uh, I was a journalist for 20 years. So when you're a journalist, you don't get into that for money. You, it's all about purpose. 
And, you know, I, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's still the same purpose. Um, I just get to partner with the people that I want to partner with. And, and it's really interesting when you, when you're able to connect the dots and eliminate, eliminate the cost of scarcity and attract the abundant investment visionary that everything, everything changes, everything changes. And, you know, I, I love reading. Like I said, the, the book I just finished pretty recently is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. For those, for those who don't know, uh, you know, Viktor Frankl survived the Holocaust and he wrote about it and he was a clinical psychologist, one of the greatest who's ever lived. Actually, I think Dan Sullivan's like a modern day Viktor Frankl. And I don't say that lightly, but, but, um, so Viktor Frankl talks about, um, the, the prisoners in the Holocaust who died, they had lost their, uh, hope for the future. And once they had done that, they, I mean, they've literally, they would die within a day or two. And the key for finding meaning in life is always have this bigger and better future and always try to find something bigger and better. And that, that gives you this meaning. This gives you this purpose. And to your point about the rooms that we're in, A360 and Coach, it's just a room full of people, whether it's a real room in California or in Chicago or Toronto or, or a virtual room where everyone, at least most of the people, have the same mindset to look for a much bigger and better future. Not because they're not happy with their life, but because there's so much other cool things out there to just try and strive for, which is great. That's where I want to be all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk a little bit about kind of that early career. I mean, you've said that you spent 20 years as a journalist. Yeah. What took you into journalism? And then, and, you know, if it's not for the money, then, you know, what was it that really got you down that path to begin yeah, with? Yeah. I mean, again, like, I just think because of certainly how my father, like I found the diary after he died and I write exactly like he does, like exactly. I mean, it's different verbiage, different types of words, but it's the same. It's just boom, 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 boom. And so, yeah, I'm just endlessly, endlessly curious. And I'm endlessly fascinating. I'm fascinated talking to people like you because um, brains like yours change the world. And then my brain simplifies, simplifies, execute, simplify, execute, simplify, execute. And that curiosity, it's only magnified. And um, journalism was a way to really satisfy my endless curiosity. I mean, when I was a journalist, I would write two to three stories on deadline every day. So that was 20 years, two to three stories on deadline every day. Um, the book I wrote, I wrote in 43 days. People are like, how did you do that? I go, easy. That's just boom, 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 boom. Um, and the second book, which um, I'm working on, I'll work on soon. The goal is to have it done in less than 43 days, less than 43. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really just that kind of curiosity. What I'm hearing you say is curiosity and then just kind of the pace, the pace. commitment to just getting things done. You just kind of, you know, love the uh, kind of the energy of, of being on deadline and knocking things out and, yeah. And so, I mean, to do something for 20 years, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, you can um, find yourself, uh, you know, living your entire life doing something that might not be really it for you. But I'm curious, you know, for you having done that for 20 years, was that something that for most of that 20 year period, you were really 
in and and enjoying mm-hmm. and passionate about or how how far along the you know in that journey did you start to think you know maybe there's something else out there for me right so that's an excellent question one the stories that my firm does now there's literally no difference than i never like literally the stories i do now no difference than what i did as journalists um i never understood if it bleeds it leads um again people like us are usually aliens in their own community uh family and vertical so I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. I never understood negative news. I still don't. It doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I'm still a journalist. I and endlessly curious with that. But but I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. Um, I I still don't know what an S corp is. Um, all that business owner stuff. I don't. I'm, I'm not a business owner. You know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. And so I'll just give you the quick story. February 10th, 2017, uh, had job salary cut in half. Nothing I'd done wrong. Just that's what happens in journalism. And so I uh, tried to find a job, couldn't find a job. Uh, incorporated April 16th, 2017. Um, and so over the next six weeks, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So one out of a thousand said yes. Interesting now that I partnered with 0.1%. So 0.1% said yes. Uh, got a fifth client. Uh, resigned the next day. And then Robert Peter, he's the top media columnist in the Midwest of the United States. Um, he did a story that started my own firm. So most most people can't do that. I mean, they're, that's, they can't do that. But, but um, you know, entrepreneur happens to be a journalist. That's just entrepreneur life. If you can't do that, don't become an entrepreneur. But so I was never meant to be a journalist as a journalist. I just didn't know that until my job salary got cut in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a little more kind of out of necessity. I mean, um, that, that, that kind of initial, you know, spark happened or that, that jump made, you know, was something that kind of, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, people become entrepreneurs or make a major life career change either because they're on fire, excited about something or they're drowning where they are. And, um, it's an interesting jump you made. I mean, you were, and to some degree, kind of forced to do it, um, but uh, you end up really transferring exactly what you were doing. Your skill set, like you said, you're still writing the same way, the same kind of stuff. Um, you know, but you do it in the entrepreneurial world. And and you you mentioned, and I love to really highlight this for people because I think entrepreneurship often gets a little bit. Um, misunderstood. <laughs> and you, well, it gets glorified. But also, I think, you know, this thing about the S Corp and the, you know, kind of the technical business, I think a lot of people think they don't know anything about business. Therefore, they can't be entrepreneurs. And that's really not nothing. true either. I know zero, I had zero business background. Zero. I never took one business class, didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I didn't know you had to pay taxes two times a year. Like, I, I still don't know a lot of that stuff and embracing the who, not how concept. I just find people to do that for me because I, that's, that's not in my zone of genius, but like, but you know, that, that kind of stuff is business owner stuff. I've never been a business owner. I never will be. I don't care about employee count, revenue, office space. I, I've never cared about any of that stuff. It's totally me. It, it's all about purpose. And I only ask myself two questions every day, two questions. One, did I have a good, at least one good experience with my family? And then two, did my network grow on a global level? And so, every, I mean, certainly since starting my company, every, every day that, that's been 
uh, yes, to both of those. And I found that all this other stuff, this whatever that stuff is, it just kind of takes care of itself. Uh, if I have a good good family day and then a good network day, good network day. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about both those, but but why don't you just kind of really lay out for everybody exactly what it is that you are doing? You know, this entrepreneurial leap that you made. Yep. Explain to people um, exactly what you're doing today. Sure. Yeah, I'll land the plane. Um, so, uh, formula for creating a successful global company, it's very simple. I'm just a simplifier to patterns. So, you see a problem, create solution. Problem solve successful global company. That's that's the simple formula. So first company, which I started four and a half years ago with zero business background, zero. Not global company that only works with people like you or the ones who will make the investment to become someone like you. So I was a journalist for 20 years, master became a master journalist, created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So solve problem, create solution, problem solve successful global company. And the second one just launched with a business partner who I'd met virtually. Uh, in Strategic Coach 10X, we're creating LinkedIn without the BS. So all these platforms let everybody in and people at the highest level, they don't have time for that. They just want the results. So we're creating LinkedIn without the BS. And that will be really exciting because um, platform's almost done. Uh, and all it is is technology platform for my brain. It's just a hundred thousand X for what I'm already doing. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It- yeah, so talk a little bit more about the PR piece. You know, how do people engage with you? How do you work? What makes you unique in that space? And I know that, you know, we've talked about this and you do have a unique approach. Yeah. You know, what what is kind of underneath why you're so successful on the PR front? Yeah, it's interesting. You're you're um two fact finder, but you ask high fact finder questions. That's really interesting to me. Um, well, I'm just curious. <laughs> right. That's all. The whole point of the podcast right. is, you know, because I love learning from people like you. Right. And I'm, I'm curious. This is what I, I mean, like, I'm, yeah. like you'd be a good journalist. Yeah. Um, and most journalists are really <laughs> high fact. But the um, so at the highest level, there's no competition, only collaboration. So I, I say that because my company's process is literally on the website. It's four steps. Like there's no gimmicks or tricks. I don't, I actually don't know what PR firms do other than annoy journalists. I don't, I don't know. So I'll, I'll give you some background. So as a journalist, every day, every single day as a journalist, you receive hundreds of useless press releases from people you don't know. Okay. So they're useless because they talk about what you do and not who you are. And nobody cares about what you do. But if they do care about who you are, they will care what, about what you do. So my firm, again, this is literally on the website. There's no tricks. I'm, Feel free to use it. Whoever wants it, take it. But my firm creates actual newsworthy stories, similar to what I do as a journalist. It becomes the link on the client's website under news or blog. So look like a story you see in the Chicago Tribune, New York Times, whatever that is. Take that link, pitch it to media. Usually my partners are global, but you know, many times national, regional. And then media is interested because the story serves the journal serves the journalists and the podcast host, not the client. So media will be interested and then Intro, 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 intro. It's just result, result, result. So it's a lot of fun because it just cuts through all the nonsense and just gets results. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, you know, having been on the other side of that and um, (laughs) working with PR firms and, um, you know, doing press releases, you know, to hear the journalist perspective is is really, you know, pretty interesting. And, you know, what, what I'm kind of struck by is even going back to, your dad, you know, you have a very yeah. direct 
you know, no bullshit way Correct. of being, right? Yeah. Even, you know, the way that you speak, you know, you speak fast, you speak um, clear, concise, boom, direct, boom, right? Boom, 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 Yep. Right. And, and that's like, you know, it's an interesting thing. Maybe it's genetics, you know, maybe those years with your dad, you know, you got to take that in, embody that. Maybe, you know, that became your way of being for any number of reasons. Yeah. But it is in, you know, You've mentioned the word simplifier, and for people that aren't in coach who don't really understand that, you know, that's really what you're doing. Yeah. You're simplifying, you know, you simplify kind of your way of being, yes. and you've figured out how to embody that in your business. Yes. And, you know, that's really an interesting thing, you know, just to kind of uh, highlight that you're able to really pull out your kind of, um, your your mannerisms, your 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 way of being in the world, and uh, express that in your work in a way that does create a solution for other people. It's it's fascinating, really. I mean, you're you're just a you know your business is just an expression of you. There's no devi- so one that's really good simplification. You know, Howard. I think Howard Getson was on your. I think he was on your podcast. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Howard was Howard, on. Yeah. So he's a genius, and I don't say that term lightly. I don't flippantly call people. Genius, no, he he actually is. Yeah, a genius. he's a genius. I agree. Like he's <laughs> MIT. So my brain takes MIT brains. I think or Harvard brains or uh, Ivy League brains, and then uh, I'll I'll diss both of our schools. Uh, I can turn it into <laughs> University of Arizona or University of Illinois brains and. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that very easily. Yeah. And MIT brains like that yeah. are they're appreciative because they, they can't talk to humans. But my my brain is rigid. Okay. So that's why I think it's funny about A360. You got MIT Harvard guy talking about I don't like I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I can simplify it for humans. But but um so I was talking to Howard, I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm really struggling with this simplifier versus multiplier thing. And and um he gave, he provided a great gift, and I think it's um, a gift for for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, perhaps like you as actually perhaps like you as well. So he's like Justin, you're a hundred percent simplifier, but your companies are a hundred percent multipliers. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much, because that that's how Dan is. Dan yeah. is a hundred percent simplifier. Coach is a hundred percent multiplier. I'm a hundred percent simplifier. Mm-hmm. My PR firm is a hundred percent multiplier, and then this the you know my new company is called Brevic Network. That's a gajillion percent multiplier. So, but at my core, I'm just a, I'm just a simplifier. Peter Diamandis, he's a hundred percent simplifier. Abundance Three Sixty is a hundred percent multiplier. All his companies are hundred percent multipliers. And um, but to your point, like I just live in my zone of genius. I'm either spending time with my family or friends, mostly my family, or I'm in my zone of genius. And what I will say, because I can simplify and see patterns, is almost always. Folks with your Colby score with a like an eight, nine, ten quick start with a two, three follow through, they're amazed by this because they're like, How do you just totally focus on this? I'm like, Well, because I'm eight, six, seven, one Colby. I have high quick start and high follow through. And in terms of my strength finders, I'm 32 out of 34 in ideation, almost dead last, almost dead last, very low and futuristic. But if I have a good idea, it's activate, maximize, achieve. Those are my top three. So there's no deviation. It's just result, 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 result. That's why I like partnering with people like you because most of the time, not always, it's idea, 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 all over the place, all over the place, all over the place. And then my brain immediately simplifies, 
immediately activates, immediately simplifies, immediate intro, immediate, and it's just, it just works. It just works. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of freedom in kind of understanding these tools. You yes. know, some people um, might you know not be interested or feel. Um, you know, like it's too focused on business or it's overwhelming. No, but actually, there's a lot of freedom opposite. that's created, even in relationships. Everything. You know, when you're um, you, when you know somebody and you know how they think, you can understand why they're coming from it that way, and it's um, uh, it, it removes the friction in the in the relationship 100%. when you can really just well know somebody. I'll land the plane for for the listeners because I don't this again and you you really simplified it as well. My companies are just a representation of how I live my life every day. And so the one the one thing I I, I like strength finders, I love Prince, which is your unconscious motivators. I'd love to know your print scores you've taken it. But um mm-hmm. um so but the number I have taken it. I also love print, but I um am too low of a fact finder. You don't remember, remember it, right, right? I, I knew you weren't <laughs> going to remember that, but that's okay. After this, send it to me. You're probably an eight three like me, but but um. So the one that's the most important to me is Colby uh, K O L B A index red button fifty five U S dollars takes twenty minutes. Okay, so that's landing the plane. And the uh, I write down two things before I meet with someone. One is their name, and two is their Colby score because uh, I know who I'm talking to, well, almost without exception. And um, so I'm an eight six seven one Colby, which that's a unicorn score. I've never met another one. Uh, my wife is an eight seven four two. So uh, she and I are both eight fact finders. Her follow through is seven, mine six. Uh, she's a four quick start, which is much lower than my seven. And then we're both very low on implementers. So if you ask us to build something, that's going to be a disaster. Whereas you're a five implementer, and you you know. Construction makes architecture makes perfect that makes perfect sense, um, uh, and so that they Colby will match your scores. So with my wife, um, they match their scores with a report. And the, the funniest part was they're like, Justin, Justin, we're not asking you to change your personality, but please do not walk out in the middle of a conversation when your wife's talking. My wife's name Sarah. When Sarah's talking to you, and because I just want the answer. But my wife has higher follow through than me, and she wants to just follow through on the conversation. So I've actually, very importantly, uh, implemented this into my life where I really pay attention to what she's saying, and I will not walk out of the room anymore. Um, and that's 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 and Colby's applicable to anything, any relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. This this new business is you know LinkedIn no BS. <laughs> Is your word? Right. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's the tagline, but maybe it should be. <laughs> yeah, that, that's um, <laughs> what I say. So yeah, I think that's really yeah. what it is. Yeah. Well, talk about you know this is very much a relationship um, business. You know, talk a little bit about this new venture. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, to simplify it, it's just technology a platform for what I'm already doing. I mean, that's why I like A360 because. One of the uh, every other month we had these two hour conversations. So one of the topics was how to build a platform. So <laughs> that's really what it is. That's really what it is. But again, you see a problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. So I like like I like LinkedIn. I like Facebook. I like Twitter. And LinkedIn especially, I think I have over twenty seven thousand followers. 
unfortunately, 99% of it is it's just spam BS. It's just, it's just spam. And people like us, we just want the connection. We just want the result. We don't necessarily need to spend seven years building a relationship before any action is taken. We just want the, we just want the action. And, and being the buyer, you know, I'm, I'm just the buyer. Haven't done outbound sales or anything in years. Uh, companies pay my firm and, and people are signing up to this platform, but we're, it's not selling. It's, we're the buyer, the people we want to hang out with. And, um, the really exciting part for me is I have a business partner who I've literally only met one time in person. We had a giant launch party for it at Chicago Yacht Club. He's in California. His Colby is a one five nine six. He's a one fact finder. He's the only one fact finder I've ever met. And he's full backstage, meaning like he's in charge of, you know, finding the people to build the platform and all that stuff. I can barely tie my shoes. And I just talk about it, which I'm really good at. And so we're taking the entire strategic coach model where Dan is full front stage. He talks about it. And his wife, business partner, Babs, is full backstage. And we just incorporate into what we're doing with this. And it's it's just so great because it's all collaboration. It's all collaboration. Yeah. And, and I think uh, collaboration, I mean, it's something you and I have both gotten a lot of understanding yep. of the power of collaboration. Yep. You've also mentioned, you know, who, not how, yep. and the importance of finding people that, um, you know, are in their unique abilities yep. so that you can combine your unique abilities and create, you know, powerful outcomes, yep. right? This is the um, unique ability for me. Yep. And uh, I think this is just still, and, and you know, um, for people that don't know, Dan Sullivan's um, Who Not How book is a great read uh, in partnership with Ben Hardy. We've talked about it on the podcast yeah. before, yep. but I think people often get stuck. I not think I yeah, know, yeah. including myself, <laughs> in the how, right? And this is just a brilliant example of you um, finding a who and both in your unique abilities um, doing the thing that you're naturally great at and love to yeah. do that's opposite of your partners and together Leverage. you're creating something really effortlessly in a lot of ways. Oh my God. Such good simplification. I was taught my business partner's name, his name is Mark Fujiwara. And again, I'm eight six seven one Colby. He's one five nine six. That's complete I mean, like that's the most collaborative Colby I've ever heard. And uh, he is a visionary integrator. I'm an integrating visionary. He loves the backstage stuff, but he has the vision. But I was talking to him the other day. We meet, we meet every Friday. I was talking to him the other day. I'm like, why is this so easy? Like, this isn't even hard. And it's because we're not, I'm not staying out of my, I'm not getting out of my lane. I'm not straying. And I've always been like that. Um, in this case, it's just, collaborating with someone who's much like there's no way I could ever have done this it's impossible to to do this without collaboration my first company it's easy i mean it's just my unique ability it's simple it's like breathing for me but to create so much something so much bigger there's no way and here's here's my other point too is that again i'm almost dead last in ideation in in strength finders almost dead last most of the folks i talk to are at least top five in ideation and they're top five in futuristic and, but they have some mix of activate maximize in there. So they're living off in future land, but they'll actually activate it. 
But if I do have a good idea, which is very rare, by the way, but if I do have a good one, I will activate, maximize, achieve. I will not overthink it. I will not feel it. I will go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it. And that's why, you know, been an entrepreneur for a little over four years, I've one very successful global company. And this, the new one will be, I mean, it'll be way more successful than the first one. And then that'll just lead to more cool collaborations. It'll just grow upon itself. It will. And it's it's kind of funny, actually, in some ways, I've never thought about this before, but um, not being somebody who has a ton of great ideas might actually work to your benefit because mm. you have the activator there. So mm-hmm. when you do have one, yes. you do it you do and it. you don't have to worry about juggling you know, a dozen ideas. Why would I do you, that? you just, you get it and you go. Right. Um, okay, good. Let, let me switch gears a little bit on you because I know how important it is for you. And you mentioned this being, you know, one of a, a few, maybe a couple things that you really focus your life on. Uh, that Two. is being a parent, Two. you know, your family. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, what it's like being a dad, um, your family, you know, you're, you're in conjunction with being an entrepreneur. Talk a little bit about kind of that part of your life, which I know is incredibly important. Yeah. So I do a lot of, lot of interviews, um, which I'm very grateful for. This is definitely one of the best ones I've ever been on. So kudos to you. I mean, you really think at a high level. You're welcome. I mean, uh, yeah, do, do a great job. Um, you know, so I spend a, a, a lot of my time, and even as a journalist, I spent a lot of my time talking to very high level people, um, very wealthy people. And then I always ask, how's your family? And many, not always, certainly not always, but many times, you know, folks like us, like, oh, I never had a family or I never see my family, never saw. And I, I'll tell you, the, the hurt, the hurt, um, either you see it or you hear it. You, I mean, you just, and I will never be one of those people. I'll just, I will, uh, I'm a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur who happens to be a dad. There's a fundamental difference. And um, I can't tell you um, how many entrepreneurs I know that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life. I will never, I will never be one of those people. That's just not, (laughs) that is not going to happen. That will never happen. It's just not, um, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've talked to. They're like, ah, entrepreneur life destroyed my first marriage and almost destroyed my second. And then it made me not talk to my children. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I am not, <laughs> I am just not that person. I'm just not. And, and I think really what it fundamentally comes down to is I know what it's like. My dad was not a good dad. He was a great dad, not a good dad, great dad. There's, and there's a big difference between good and great. And I know what it's like to not have someone like that around in fundamental years of growing up, high school, college, beyond. And I just won't, I'm just not going to, sacrifice my family life for entrepreneur life. I won't do it. There's n- there's just no way that will ever happen, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's really um, nice to hear. And uh, I see you living that way. So it's, I know, I know you actually um, put the actions to the words. And I think it's really important for people to know that you don't have to, that you're actually out there creating two global companies and have a lot more ahead of you that's going to happen and be done in your well, lifetime. You too. And you too. I'm just learning from people and, like you. I mean, pretty much. 
Well, you know, when you're around people that share those values, it does make it easier to live into. You know, I think there's, um, you know, kind of an old narrative that is that um, you, you kind of had to, um, you know, save life for the weekends or vacations or retirement. And, you know, well, you and I are blessed to know another uh, system, which is, you know, that you can have free days and that you can collaborate and you can, um, you know, be in your unique ability and you can share that with your family. And that, you know, I, I fortunately learned that, um, but I was young when my kids uh, got, when I, when I had kids and uh, I was truly, you know, career entrepreneur, you know, in my um, work in a different way that had me not as present with my family when my kids were little until I learned that didn't have to be the way that there was another way. Um, I, you know, thank God, you know, I got to catch myself and um, really shift and, and be with my family in a way that um, is way better. So uh, it can be done. And uh, Justin, I, I see, you know, Epic Business sitting there in the background. You know, do you want to uh, share with uh, the the listeners uh, anything about your book or anything else that um, is really important to you that you're up to today, now, uh, and and kind of coming coming down the the pike here? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. <laughs> the first the first line of of, of my book. Um, uh, after the prologue is if uh, you're someone who doesn't put your family first, put the book down, I can't help you. So <laughs> just to <laughs> simplify <laughs> what we're talking about there. But, um, you know, um, with the book, uh, again, very low in ideation, but good idea, activate, maximize, achieve. So most people write books and there's no, there's, they're meaningless because there's no meaning behind it. Um, so very grateful. Uh, Chris Foster wrote Never Split the Difference. Uh, did the forward. If you haven't interviewed him for your show, that'd be a good, that'd be a good one. That'd be really interesting. Oh, I'd love to love yeah. to, if uh, maybe you'll make yeah, the introduction. I can, for I me. Can, yeah, I'll do that after this. That'd be a good, that, you know, um, his son, Brandon too, who's also both Brandon and Chris. Are in, okay. So, um, uh, it's an international bestseller in six countries, number one for entrepreneurship in the U S. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that, but it's, you know, it's the key that opens up endless doors. I still, it came out in May of, last year i still do two to three media interviews uh, a week for it and uh, i'm working on my second book as the new company gets going and that'll that'll be fun but uh you know to simplify it you know most people they can't even think of becoming steve jobs or bill gates and i frankly i can't either i don't even that's not that's not me they don't they don't want that but they can picture being someone like me where you your family whenever you want to. You do what you like to do when you're good at. Um, I, I have zero business. I still don't have much business background. But um, so they're like, "How did you do this?" And so, like, just like my dad's diary, it's just boom, 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 boom. Thirty things that I learned in the company's first thirty months from thirty people like you, and then I just actually did something about it. So that's what it's about. It's very short read, and it just answers the you know solves the problem. So result, result, result. Yep, uh, it's uh, it's really great to hear you talk about it, and um, I think maybe that's why it is resonating with so many people is that simplicity and and how it does kind of lay out solving problems. Yep. So um, again, you know, just love the fact that you're just taking your unique ability, 
you're just naturally being yourself and you're um, putting it out in the world in all kinds of ways that are, are resonating with people. And I think that's really the thing that you know really strikes me the most that I, I want people to hear yep. is that you don't have to be some Steve Jobs. You don't have to have some you know change the world idea in the way that you're thinking of it, that you can actually have a massive impact on a, a large number of people yep. just by bringing yourself forward into the world. Yes. And and I think that takes some courage for a lot of people. It, it has for me, <laughs> um, even doing this show, you know, people, um, what's Brett doing? And, you know, that's weird, whatever the <laughs> kind of, you know, initial reactions might be, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, like, I'm just kind of doing what I used to do over coffee. And no, now I'm sharing with other people sure. and people, um, are getting something out of it. So um, it can be that simple. And and look, I don't push a button. You know, I've got a great team right. that's behind the scenes doing all the stuff people, that would drive uh, me yeah, nuts. 75 people on this calendar <laughs> item. Like, well, there's your Colby. <laughs> I just pushed the button. Right. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin, it's great to be friends and to know you and to watch what you're up to. Yeah. And um, any final thoughts you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I'll introduce you to uh, to Brandon Voss uh, right after this. But um, there's this there's this amazing life out there. There's this amazing life out there for people that have the courage to find it. And if you have the courage to find it, any if anyone can do this, like it, you know, if I can do this, if I can do this. You know, hopefully I serve as some sort of template for people who are thinking about doing it. And then one more simplification, one more, is if you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network and creates the right opportunities. So every single day, every day, I'm constantly working on my mindset to attract cooler and cooler people who will create the opportunities for me. Thanks. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It all does start with that mindset. And, you know, you're... Um, uh, kind of approach to just you know, kind of getting things done one thing after the next. Just do, 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 and 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 kind of keep that mindset. And then you know, looking back and seeing the results, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. So, Justin, thanks again. I enjoyed the conversation as always. It's great to have you on the show. Tremendous, tremendous interview. You do a great job. You're a natural at this, and uh, looking forward to more collaboration in the future. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and follow me on Instagram at Brett Kaufman, on Twitter at bkaufman125, and subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching for the Gravity Podcast with Brett Kaufman. And please send me a DM with any guests or topics that you'd like to hear on future episodes.